Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. Redefine your new role. Yes, and we did preempt it a little bit. And and I wanted to bring out the point that the higher you move, the more ambiguous it gets. Absolutely. Right? And a lot of people, especially moving from a doer to a manager, really struggle with the fact that it isn't as defined as they have had in the past or that they would like it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a really big signal about whether or not, A, you're ready to be a manager, <laughs> yep. or two, if you should be a manager to begin with. If you cannot handle the ambiguity of, oh, so now I have to kind of like figure out what this role looks like, then you really, really need to rethink whether or not you're set up for success in that position. But that all being said, let's say that you have now defined your transition plan. You're now moving into your transition plan. <laughs> you're transitioning like, the transition yes. plan. Transitioning <laughs> the transition plan. What next? And the what next is really starting to define how this new role is going to look for you. right? So what are your overall goals and objectives for this role and for your team as a result? How will you know if you're successful? This is a very big one because, like I said, it's going to be very much more ambiguous. Is that right? Much more ambiguous? Whatever. More ambiguous. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so it, it's going to have a lot of that, like, not feeling like you're, like, tangibly being able to check stuff off and feeling like you've accomplished something today. So you have to really dictate to yourself and declare to yourself what does success look like. And then you have to think about what your day-to-day is going to look like. It's going to look very, very different. You have to accept that and you have to embrace it and you're going to have to relook at what your uh, your, your day-to-day looks like in the context of this, this new role. And then also you're going to have to figure out what role your team is going to play because it's going to be very different. Like we said, you're going to have to let go of things. You're not going to be able to be in control of everything. Now, the biggest thing that you don't want to do is that you don't want to revert back because it's comfortable. So make sure as you're setting up this new role for yourself, you're really paying attention to how you're going to show up and what that's going to mean for the team around you. So what meetings will you attend? You're not going to be able to attend all the meetings. It's just not going to happen. You need (laughs) others to attend the meetings for you. Which ones are you going to lead? Because you can't lead all the meetings. You know, you're going to have to defer some of that leadership, which is interesting as as a manager, but you are going to have to defer some of that leadership because you're going to have to concentrate on bigger things. Status calls were always the one that people didn't want to let go because they wanted that control. And it was like, that should be the first thing off your plate because you're right. The new mm-hmm. person should be leading that in their job as doer. It was always one of those ones. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that one. And within that, you need to really set expectations for your team about what your leadership style is going to look like. Mm-hmm. We preach vigilant leadership. May not be exactly where you want to start as a new manager, but you <laughs> also don't want to be the micromanager like, I don't know what I don't know, so I'm going to be in my hands and everything, and I'm just learning. It's just it's It's very frustrating for the people that work for you, and it's really debilitating for them. So make sure that you're really being honest with yourself. Set time to take a kind of an assessment of how things are going. Ask your team how it's going so that you can be really, really aware of how you are defining this role and, and how you're defining this role is working for your team in general. Yeah, and I would say we talked about asking for the job description for your, the role. That's only the starting place because mm-hmm. to Anne's point – especially as you move up and things become more nebulous and you don't have like a you must do these hundred things this quarter anymore, 
you have to be able to take that job description and interpret it in a way that you can deliver against it while developing your own style and letting go of the doing all kind of at the same time. And so that is something that really you have to be able to do. And it's not that you won't have people you can ask for advice. Again, your team is really good for that. Mm -hmm. If you establish this is how I want to lead and then have them help hold you accountable to that. It's not a lonely place to be if you ask for the right, right inputs and help from other people, but you have to be willing to step into that. And I think Anne's previous point about making sure that you really want to do this is a really good one because if you get stuck here, that's a timeout moment yeah. to think about that because this this moment is indicative of all of the types of work that are going to come and it's only going to become more nebulous over time. And so... If you feel like, yeah, I'm ready to tackle it, but I need some assistance, that's totally cool. If it's I'm experiencing paralysis and I just want to crawl back to my other job, that's a different situation. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number three, establish team culture. So before we jump into this one, we do have a digital coaching module on our shop page of our website. So it's a very extensive tool. I will obviously touch on some things here, but if you need a process and you feel like you really need some strong guidance and our perspective on that, that is there for you. So please visit that page and purchase that if you have the need. But some things I will talk about here first is when you think about your team culture, you do have to figure out what that looks like beyond just what are people going to do in their roles and what are mm -hmm. you as a leader going to instill in the team. And yes, there are things like, all right, you will now run the status sheet, for example. You will get all the updates. You will deliver that to the team. Those are more tactical things that you're having people on your team do. But you also want to, as the leader and the manager, establish the types of communications you will have, for example. So being open and honest to feedback, being honest that you're a first-time manager. They know this. Spoiler alert. You work with them in the organization. They know you've just been promoted. Be honest. Figure it out together. All of these things are important. But then also remember that as the manager, you have to be the final decision maker. And mm -hmm. so once you enlist their help or you do a draft and you share it, whatever it is, you need to establish things like how you're going to communicate as a team, what the roles are, the expectations for each role, how you're going to work together, and what is and what is not appropriate for the team. It is great if the company has a really strong culture and you can take cues from that, but we will say you still have to customize associated with that because every team is different, every team dynamic is different, every person on the team is different. So if you do have a lot of inspiration from there, make sure that you are individualizing it enough that it works for your team. There are also situations where unfortunately the culture isn't very strong within organizations and that actually shouldn't be discouraging. That should be an opportunity for you to create something that hopefully over time can be a better model for the organization, but at least where you can build something that the people on your team feel compelled to follow, feel inspired to come to work each day, feel inspired to work for you as their leader, all of those types of things. And so you define that, you establish it, you put the stake in the ground, and then you lead by example. And one of the very major things we will say about this one here is you must have your team's back. So as mm -hmm. the manager, you have now inherited 
the role of being responsible for all the work that happens on that team. So it's important to get this right on the front end and make sure everybody has their marching orders. But on the other side, mistakes are going to happen. New people are learning new roles, not just you. You have all these pieces and parts and, you know, humans are human. And so you have to make sure that your team understands that they have the autonomy to deliver on what your expectations are. But if that mistakes are made, they need to one, let you know immediately and two, know that you're going to have their back so that they feel like they actually are empowered to be effective in their jobs. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because being a manager means that you actually care about your people more Uh than you care about yourself. Yep. And that's a really hard place to be in, especially for somebody who is extremely ambitious, but they don't need to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way that I have always thought about this and is the fact that my success is then defined by my team, mm-hmm. not just me. So my team wins, I win. And that's how I've always defined success. So that's one way of kind of thinking about that in this context, because it's going to be very tempting to throw your team underneath the bus in order to save yourself. You cannot do that as a manager. And I also wanted to emphasize a point that the manager is in charge of the culture. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times right now, and I it's it's a very good happened a lot, you know, when I was in PNG, is that the manager would defer the culture to the people. And think, well, no, we're all the culture. It's like, well, yes, you are all the culture, but somebody needs to define it. And the only person who can define it is the manager. Now, it can be done collaboratively with the voice of the people. And it could also be done in context of continuing getting feedback from people. But it needs to be led by the manager. And that's because the culture lives and dies with you. People are going to look to you in order to define how they should behave, how they should act. What I hate the most is when, you know, a manager's like, well, you know, I'm not really into this structure thing. Are we just have a very <laughs> casual and formal culture? Well, that is a choice. It's not a default. Okay, you guys. So if you're going to choose to have a very casual and formal culture, then fine, you're going to have a very messy one mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to deal with that, then by all means do that. But I'm telling you 100%, without a doubt, your team needs structure. They crave structure. They need to know what their lane is. They need to know what everybody else's lane is. That doesn't mean that there isn't crossover, you know, and relays, if you will. But, like, you have to be able to define this for people so they know what to expect. They, it's clear so that they can understand what their space is and how they're operating with respect to everybody else because everybody needs to be working together in order to achieve the overarching goal. And they can't do that if you don't establish the rules of engagement, which is the culture. Well, and I think it gets to so much inefficiency, right? Because I think you're right. People think like, well, I'm I'm easy. I'm laid back. And those are usually the people who are not easy and laid back, by the way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, on the other side of that, all of a sudden, you don't see the punch coming and it comes. You get kicked down a few notches because they're so laid back. But in any case, I think the, the team wastes a lot of time in that space of not really knowing and not being sure of what to do. And so I think from just a sheer productivity standpoint, it's the wrong decision, not to mention all those other things we said around wanting people to want to work for you, with you, be inspired, all of that kind of stuff. But you're right, and if you don't have that foundation and it's not firm and very clear, that's where people just kind of swirl and then not a lot happens. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. 
We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.